Welcome to episode two of My Life All in One Pod, the Philofans Podcast. In today's podcast, we'll be looking at how to choose the size of Philofax that best suits you. We'll talk about the issue of planner fail, and we'll have a close look at the personal Cuban zip. Check out the website at philofaxpodcast.blogspot.co.uk for program notes and other information. Be sure to subscribe there to updates so you won't miss an episode. My name is Ray, and I'll be your host. What size of Filofax is the right one for you? There is a wide choice of Filofax binders available. Even if we put aside the matters of specific models and colours, there are still fundamental choices to be made. Let's quickly have a look at the different Filofax sizes, starting with the biggest, the A4. If you're planning to add your own content to your organisers, this is the easiest size to accommodate you. At least in Europe, A4 paper is ubiquitous. It is almost certainly what emerges from your printer when you click on the print button. Unlike all the other sizes, the A4 binder features standard rings and spacing. There are four rings and the configuration is exactly the same as a standard four-ring binder that you can buy in a stationery shop. That shop will also sell you an inexpensive hole punch that's compatible with your Filofax. The A4 binders are very heavy though, and big. They work best when confined to a desk. Carrying one around with you everywhere is impractical, so these work best for people with sedentary jobs or those who don't get out very much. For the rest of us, one of the smaller sizes is likely to be more convenient. The A5 binder is one you see more frequently in business use than in social settings. The pages are half A4 size, but in the same familiar proportion. A5 paper gives quite a generous space in most diary layouts, so take this into account. A week on two pages might be too cramped for you in personal size, but ideal in A5. Overall, this would save you considerable thickness in your diary. A5 is fairly easy to use if you want to print out your own pages, but the six-ring system means you'll have to buy a special hole punch. A5s can be a little heavy, too. This size is not one you can practically carry everywhere in your hand, but kept in a bag or briefcase it is ideal. If you're going to be writing more than just the occasional note, this is a far more practical choice than the smaller size. Writing pages of meeting notes in the personal size is much harder work than in the A5. The next size down is the personal size. This was the only size at one time. If you owned a Filofax organiser, it was this size. Personal pages are a few millimetres wider than a credit card and about the height of three credit cards. If you're going with personal size, you have more of a ring size choice than with most other sizes. The biggest rings in personal size are 30mm. You can find these on the Cuban Zip, for example, and they will accommodate more pages than most A5s, albeit smaller pages. For me, the personal size is the one you carry around in your hand. If you want to carry one in your inside jacket pocket, you can choose from the slimline range and enjoy rings as small as 11mm, which, let's just say, are not going to be suitable for a page-per-day diary. But these are barely bigger than a full-length wallet, so discreet and convenient if you always wear a jacket that will accommodate one. 
In between is the compact, with medium-sized rings, not as thick as a regular personal, but accommodating more pages than the slimline. These are fairly new, but I think they're going to prove very popular. All personals use a six-ring layout, so you'll need a special punch if you make your own pages. Sadly, the spacings are not the same as in the A5, so it will mean a second punch if you have both sizes. Another issue is that if you want to make your own pages, you'll find it hard to get paper in the right size, except from Filofax. So you'll probably want to print on bigger paper, which you then have to chop down. The next size down is the pocket which is something of a misnomer unless you have very generous pockets. The page size is close to that in a moleskin pocket notebook. The attraction of the size is its lightness and greater portability. Most of them can carry a good number of pages, and most are designed to double up as a wallet as well. Six rings again, but with different spacing once more. Finally, we come to the Mini. I'm sure that the Mini is ideal for some people, but they're not people I know. All Filofax binders are wider and taller than the pages they contain, of course. For instance, personals are about the size of an A5 page. This extra space is for the rings, the pen loops and stuff. In requiring the binder to be small, and for those of whom this has any meaning, we're talking cassette size here, the page size has to be titchy to the point of unusability. There is only room enough for five rings, and once you've punched the holes... There's not much paper left. It would make a great stamp album if you were happy for each page only to bear a single stamp. So there we are. Lots of choice. How do you decide which is right for you? I think it comes down to the sort of life you live. If you do all your planning sitting at a desk, you will appreciate the space and convenience of the A4. If you want to take your planner home at the weekend, you'll probably be glad you chose an A5 though if you're going to be using it more than just occasionally in a social environment, or, when out and about, personal or pocket might be your best bet. You need the right compromise between having paper that is big enough to organise your life on, and a binder that is small enough and light enough to carry around everywhere with you. On the other hand, if you have tiny pockets, minuscule writing, or a very small stamp collection, there's a mini with your name on it. And now, the dreaded planner fail. I think planners don't fail. People do. What do I mean by that? Well, let's say that you decide you want to learn how to play chess. You buy a book on the subject. Do you now know how to play chess? No, of course not. You haven't opened the book yet. You're no better off than you were before you bought the book. To learn to play chess, you have to read the book. More than that, you have to play chess as well, a lot. You have to practice and learn from your experiences until it becomes second nature. Owning a Filofax is like having bought the chess book. Simply owning the Filofax will not make you organised. You have to start using it, all the time. In the early days, this will be a highly conscious activity. You'll have to force yourself to write down things you believe you don't need to and you'll need to keep doing this for weeks before it becomes habitual. You've bought a pair of running shoes, but you can't yet run a marathon. But you will be able to if you use those shoes every day and persist. You won't be an organisation ninja just by owning a binder. That's why I maintain that planners don't fail. 
people do. Even then, failure isn't the end of the world, but a necessary step on the road to success. Someone who has never failed has probably never achieved anything worthwhile either. Your reaction to failure should be, hmm, that's interesting, what do I need to do differently? Pick yourself up, dust off your filofax, and dive right back in. Today's featured filofax binder is the personal Cuban zip. Those three little noises there will be familiar to anyone who's ever used a zipped personal organiser. They're an acquired taste, but I'm really enjoying using this particular one. The Cuban zip is slightly larger, slightly thicker than the average personal filofax, and when we open it up, it's immediately obvious why. Massive rings. This binder comes with 30mm rings, which will hold an awful lot of paper. This is going to be a fantastic choice if you use page-per-day diaries. Uh, you will get a full year in here with room for plenty more besides. The other thing that will strike you fairly quickly when you open up this binder is that it doesn't lay flat um, habitually right out of the box. Now over time the leather will soften and it will lie flat. You can accelerate the process by using a, a system of weights and pulleys that looks a little bit like medieval torture and I don't think I'd subject a file of facts to that. I'm patient enough to wait until it just becomes a little bit more worn in and comfortable. Inside the binder there's an inside zipped pocket on the left which is the full height of the file of facts. That might be useful for let's say a passport or, or, or a similar sized document. Also just like we saw in the Hoban there are two full length pockets on the inside cover as well. One that opens on the outside edge and one that opens towards the inside edge. In front of that there are credit card slots and a business card holder at the front. Turning to the back there isn't the same configuration of pockets at the back. What you do have is a simple flap of leather that's secured at the bottom and the right hand side of the back cover that you can simply tuck loose papers underneath. That's pretty safe given that this binder zips up but a lot of thought has gone into this when this binder was being designed because when you do close it and zip it up you'll notice that there is actually an external pocket as well a full-length external pocket on the front of the binder which is held in place with a little magnet inside the leather. It's not a terribly effective magnet but for short-term storage of paper where you really don't want to open the thing up, it's absolutely ideal and it's a very very useful design feature. Also with this binder you get two internal pen rings, one on the left hand side, one on the right hand side. Both of them are elasticated which means that they will hold pens that are well pretty much as thick as you like unless it's going to be a souvenir pencil that you bought at the seaside. Um, I like these particularly in this model because having the zip means that I'm not too worried about storing quite an expensive fountain pen in one of these. It's not exposed to the elements, it's not going to fall out. The pen loop is elasticated so it will keep it reasonably tight. 
plus the whole thing is zipped up inside my organizer. So I think if you use expensive pens and you want to use them and take them out and about with you in the Filofax, but previously you've been worried about losing them, this may be the answer for you, particularly if you have quite a busy schedule and you rely on having page-per-day diary inserts. Anyway, I absolutely love this binder and I was delighted to be able to pick it up in the sale at the Neil Street Filofax shop for £22.50. So if you find yourself in London this summer, uh, you know where to go. Some people will tell you to go to the Olympics, but I think you really know where you ought to be going, don't you? I'm going to end with a final plug. At my blog, all my life in one place, I'm running a series called Journaling School. The series covers the basics, and indeed some advanced topics, all about maintaining a personal journal or diary. If you're an established journal writer, or if you've never tried it, or if you've tried it in the past and never been able to maintain the habit, please come and join us there. As anyone who maintains a regular journal will tell you, this can be a fascinating and highly rewarding habit to get established. So please come and join us at the blog. The address is allmylifeinoneplace.blogspot.co.uk. Hope to see you there. So that's it for podcast episode two. Let me know what you thought of it and share your ideas for other things you'd like me to include in future podcasts. If you have questions that I can try to answer on the podcast, that'll be good too. So go to the site, that's filofaxpodcast.blogspot.co.uk to leave comments, see the show notes and find out more. Until next time, let's keep organised.